Welcome to Project Giveback Connects, an extension of Project Giveback in the classrooms, dedicated to inspiring young students to become empathetic, understanding, and community-minded leaders. Project Giveback Connects offers a dose of inspiration and thoughts for discussion. Each live episode is taped and shared with classroom teachers and their students. Sit back, get cozy, let's get connected. Hello everyone and welcome to Project Give Back Connects Season 2, Episode 14. Tonight's episode is a topic that we rarely speak about, but truly need to talk about. Death, grief, and loss. You know, we can prepare and prepare and prepare and prepare, but we will never ever be fully prepared for the passing of a loved one. You know the expression, you only live once? Well, it's actually not true because you live every single day. You only die once. So we gotta live, we gotta love, we gotta embrace everything that every single day has to offer. The good, the bad, the challenges and the losses. After our son, our son Jakey passed away, I didn't know if I had it in me to move on. The sadness was so absolutely overwhelming. It hurt. And at times, uh, it still hits me like a Mack truck. But now, because of time, every time I get that heartbreaking pain, it's I embrace it. Because I say, hey, Jake, there you are. Welcome, boy, do I miss you. Because I realized really soon after that that pain is really love. And how lucky to have that kind of love in our lives. So Jacob comes with me everywhere. He's here tonight. My mission is to continue his mission always and forever. Today's specialists, our guests today, they live with end of life every single day. They live with loss. Our first guest, her name is Dr. Faith Banks. She's awesome. I'm so happy she's here. She is a veterinarian who specializes in end of life care of our furry family members. She founded the very first mobile end-of-life services in Toronto, and it has grown to something absolutely magnificent, as is she. She was there for us when our family pet, Coops, passed away at the age of 12, and she's here for us today. Welcome, Faith. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you for having me. Um, and I'm excited to be here and talk about um, a little bit about myself, um, a little bit about what I do, and a little bit about loss and love. Um, so I guess, first of all, I am a veterinarian, and I graduated a whole 25 years ago, which I just cannot believe that that much time has gone by. Um, and when I graduated, I sort of went into regular practice, which is what many veterinarians do. And so I worked at a small animal clinic in Toronto um, and I enjoyed it. 
But I sort of had a change of heart when our own family dog, so it was our firstborn, we call her Smudge, um, she started getting older and probably around the age, maybe nine or 10, we just really started noticing a lot of changes in her. So she was having a little bit of trouble getting up and moving around and um, she was becoming anxious at night. So she would sort of pant and pace around our bed. Uh, she was pooping in the house and she just was getting anxious uh, during the day as well. And so it sort of led me down a path to learn about caring a little bit better for our geriatric pets. And I found that a lot of these pets weren't coming into the clinic. So I wasn't seeing very many like smudge, but I knew they were out there. Um, and what I realized was that it was too, it was too difficult. It was too stressful for people to bring those pets into the clinic, especially if they were big dogs. And so a lot of these dogs were just kind of at home getting worse, not receiving the kind of care that they should get. And so I went down this path of, of learning and enlightenment. And I found something on Facebook called animal hospice. I read an article about it and I remember sending in a note to Jordan, who's on the, the call right now saying like, this is it, this is what I want to do. And then I was talking to somebody and he said, if you start doing a lot of mobile services, you're going to do a lot of euthanasia. So I remember thinking about it and thinking, I I'm okay with that. I mean, I think that this is such a, um, a wonderful way to say goodbye to our loved family members, to be able to do it in their home. And so 10 years ago, I started the service and it was just me. And now we are a team of 23 people and uh, we have nine veterinarians total. We have um, support staff and together we are a, an amazing team and we really help make the end for pets, but maybe almost as equally for their families, just a beautiful, loving, dignified, respectful experience. Um, and so that's, that's what we do. Most of what we do is in-home euthanasia. So we help people say goodbye at home. So that's what I do. Um, and a lot of people will say to me like, oh, it must be so sad. And, you know, you're dealing with so much loss and sadness with, with people and dying. And, you know, your vets must not be able to continue on. And there must be so much compassion fatigue and burnout. And, and we don't have that because we feel we are doing a wonderful job um, to help these families say goodbye in such a loving way. And in many of the families, and, and Ellen and I have discussed this before, um, for so many of the families and the kids, and I know that there are going to be a lot of kids that are watching this later, for, for many of them, this is their first experience with loss. And it, it's a tough one. Um, you know, I think about in my own family, for example, um, we had smudge for 14 years and we had a chihuahua for about 13 years. And my older kids grew up with this chihuahua. And so when she passed away, it was totally devastating. Um, you know, she was the love of my, of Justin's life who is 18 and he had like all his memories contained 
this little chihuahua. Um, and for such a little tiny thing, you know, weighing a whopping five pounds, there was just so much love in her. And when you lose that, um, it's absolutely heartbreaking. But it can also be beautiful when you think about the, the love and the lessons um, and the joy that that pet brought you. And so again, for, for many children, this is their first experience with loss. Um, and future experiences may not be with pets. It could be family members. It could be great grandparents. It could be grandparents. And in many ways, it's, you know, it's a teaching, it's a lesson. Um, and parents have an important role um, in this lesson. And, you know, parents always ask, how do I act in front of my kids and what do I tell them? And in our, my generation, the dog was gone one day, kids didn't have the opportunity to say goodbye. And it's very different right now. And I think being open and honest with your kids about what is happening and the sadness that they will feel and letting them know that it's okay to be sad and it's okay to cry and it's okay to, to feel like, you know, your heart has been ripped open um, and to talk about it. it it's okay. Um, I think a lot of people think they, you know, if you don't talk about it, it's not, nobody feels anything, but uh, I, I really feel that there's been a, a big shift and Leslie will be able to talk about this even more about how people express themselves and, and, and process this grief. But with great, as you know, we talked about with great love comes great loss. And it's the, it's the, the price that we pay for loving so, so dearly. Um, and I never want someone to say the loss was so great that I will never have a pet again, or I'll never, you know, get into a relationship again, because, um, because it's just so wonderful. And that terrible day, that heartbreaking day, which is the worst with more terrible times to come, um, shouldn't take away from the joy and the love that you give and you receive from having a very special pet. Absolutely. Faith. Thank you so, so much for being here. You know, when you meet somebody and they have a name that just perfectly suits <laughs> them, just perfectly, I, I can't think of a better name for you, Faith. You're, you are a beautiful human. And thank you for being there for us in, in a very sad time. And you did, you made it really beautiful. And thank you for that. Thank you. So next up, we have a social worker here who specializes in helping us navigate the grieving process, especially with our pets. She is so warm and so wonderful. And I wanna introduce you to Leslie Rosenthal Burnett. Leslie, can you please give us some tools and tips to help us cope and move forward with grief? Thank you, Ellen. I, I want to give some tips and tools for people who are on their own grief journey. But before I do that, um, I, I, there's a couple things that I really want to say that I think are really important as a pet loss and grief therapist. So um, as a grief therapist, um, to those who have experienced pet loss, my, my greatest hope really is to validate people's grief. Um, pet loss is a disenfranchised grief, which means that it's not really um, well recognized by people. The loss isn't really recognized. Um, so I make it a point, and, and as a result, I think a lot of people 
grieve in private. They don't get the support that they need. So I make a point of validating people's feelings, um, all of their feelings, and there's such a wide range of feelings. Um, I want them to know that they're, they're real, they're valid, and they're always okay. So I also take the time to inform people that grief looks differently for everybody. Um, it's as unique as your own fingerprint. So um, that's, I think, really important to know. Um, the other thing I want to mention is that um, as a grief therapist, I'm not going to remove your grief or even lessen um, the grief that you might might be experiencing. Like the actor, my whole family around <laughs> they're all looking at me. Um, the, the actor Andrew <clears throat> Garfield said, which I thought was so beautiful. He said, grief is all the unexpressed love. Um, and I love this so much. And I actually, I, I believe this. Um, and I think this was sort of touched upon by both you, Ellen and Faith, that love and grief um, are two sides of the same coin. So um, to have had or to have experienced the loss of someone that you love, um, grief is inevitable, it's unavoidable. Um, so I tell my clients the best thing to do really, and this, it sounds kind of crazy, but is really to um, face it head on, to embrace it and to just let it wash over you. Um, because I think that will help you to move through the grief and to process it and to also uh, be able to reintegrate yourself sort of back into your life following the loss, because sometimes loss changes us, changes who we are, changes our perspective on things. Um, so one final thing I want to remind clients is that uh, grief has no time frame. Everyone moves through grief differently. Um, so I, I hope to offer support uh, for people on this journey to hold space for them and their feelings and all of their stories. So a couple of tips and tools um, that I think are helpful are, the first one is to try and move and breathe. And it sounds so simple, but it's not. Um, I think when we are um, overcome with grief, we uh, tend to get um, kind of debilitated and sometimes we just want to get under the covers and not not move. Um, so I encourage people to get outside because um, if you start moving, you release dopamine and this can help to um, relieve some stress and anxiety, maybe find some satisfaction and even motivation. Um, and even the fresh air too, I think is really good. And it also might help with sleep, which tends to be problematic for some people experiencing grief. The other thing I, I tell people, and this also sounds really obvious, um, is to breathe. And when I say that, I mean to really sort of focus on your breath in, in a, a moment, like a moment where you're completely, you know, overcome. And, and it could mean you're extremely sad or angry or frustrated or whatever it is. But if you start maybe doing um, a breathing exercise, like the 478 exercise, and um, if you do this, it helps to calm you down and it can become a calming force, which I think is really, really good and also can help with sleep again. Um, the second tool that I find helpful is to uh, reach out to somebody, somebody who gets it, somebody who understands what you're going through, who might be able to offer some support. Um, and even if this means getting together with somebody and not talking about your loss, just the connection, just 
um, making a connection, um, you know, spending time with somebody, it's, it's, I think it's important and also helpful. Um, and if you can't find somebody who really gets it, there's no shame in, in seeking professional help like myself. Um, another tip is journaling. I think that journaling um, is a way to, <clears throat> excuse me, express your feelings and fears. It can be, excuse me, quite cathartic. Um, and the simple act of expressing yourself is helpful. Um, it gets your feelings out of your, your head and your body, and it can also allow us the opportunity to see how we progress, you know, um, some of the feelings that we may have thought and how they may have changed over, over time. Uh, another tool is remembering, um, simply just talking about your loved one. Um, you know, with pets, it's, you know, when did you get your pet? Where did you get your pet? There's always a, a story to be told. Um, and I think that, you know, in, in sharing these stories, there's, um, there you know, moments of happiness uh, arise and moments of pleasure. And, um, and I also have to tell my clients that this is okay, because I think some people think that if they are, laughing or having a moment of joy that they're not um they're not grieving adequately and you know that maybe they are um betraying their loved one something like that and that that is just simply untrue um and it's actually how we keep our loved ones alive um so the next tool or tip uh in my opinion is a really important one and one that i think a lot of people have a lot of difficulty with is self-compassion and self-care. Um, it's important to be kind to yourself and to be patient with yourself. Don't beat yourself up over should-haves and could-haves um, because hindsight is 2020. And I think it's so important to trust in our own self-worth, um, to know that none of us are perfect and that we did our best and that this comes from a place, it all came from a place of love. Um, so I suggest doing something for yourself, something, anything, um, at least, you know, once a day. This could be going for a walk, picking up a good book, going to the gym, meeting a friend for a coffee, something that is comforting and healing, um, and anything that really that feels good for you and that shows you that you are worth a little love. Um, so the next one, Ellen, this one is for you because um, I think this is something that you do better than anybody. And I think we've all seen this and you've shown this to us so beautifully um, and it's called giving back. Um, an act of kindness can give us a purpose and make us feel good. Um, so following a pet loss, for example, making a donation to the Humane Society in our pet's honor or um, going to the park with balls and handing them out to all the dogs in the ballpark because that's what your pet you know, used to love doing is fetching balls. Um, sometimes it's as simple as walking your neighbor's dog. Um, it can be small, it can be big, it can be anything, anything at all. Um, and it, it just makes us feel good. And it's also a way of honoring our pet. And this can be done as a one-off, or it can be done, you know, um, on a yearly basis for an anniversary or, or something like that. 
The last tip I have for this evening is to establish an enduring relationship, that, that bond, that ongoing bond that lives within us. And this can be done through memorialization or um, a service of some kind or a ceremony of some kind. Um, there's so many things, jewelry, tattoo, a commissioned piece of art, um, any, just a beautifully placed photograph. Um, so all of these ideas, I think, are ways in which we continue to honor our loved one um, and the, the bond and the love that we share. Um, so this, my last thing, well, sort of my last thing, um, will you get me my cards? Yeah. Um, is crying. It's not a tip, but I'm a big believer in crying. Um, I think it's a really good way of expressing yourself. And I think it is a way of releasing all of, you know, the pent up, um, feelings that, that really need to be released. And I think a good cry can, can calm you down. It can also uh, be a, a grounding force. And like the song says, it's, it's all right to cry because it gets the sadness out of you. And I really believe that it might sound silly, but anyway, before finishing up, I have these cards that I also think are a really great resource. Um, they're called the grief, sorry, my throat is really dry. They're called the Grief Companion. And they're really beautiful and really thoughtful and very, very easy to use. They are divided into three sections, action, insight, and prompt. So the action cards will give you something concrete to do um, that might help to, I don't know, improve your day a little bit. And it can be like a grounding exercise. Um, the next um, section of the cards is insight. And this is, um, information, um, bits of wisdom, um, something that might help you or, or just might be a new piece of information that you've never knew about or thought of. And this could be something like unexpected triggers. And the last section is the prompt section. And this is um, a section, it's a writing section, and it might um, prompt you to um, do some kind of reflection piece like a uh, writing a letter or doing a, a feel-good list or something like that. Um, so they're really great. I really like them and they're so easy to use. You can use them anywhere, anytime, by yourself, for yourself, and they're just fantastic. That's it. That's all. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. Those tips are just so valuable. And uh, I'm gonna, I can't wait to watch this over and, and watch it again, because uh, you have such great, great insight. Thank you so much, Leslie. We really appreciate it. So it's time for our musical portion of Project Give Back Connects. And you have met this singer songwriter before. And she's sitting right beside Leslie as she happens to be Leslie and Lauren's daughter, Hallie. Next year, Hallie is off to pursue her career in music as a student at NYU. Hallie, we're so excited for you. And I'm really excited for you to meet our buddy, Hallie Burnett. Welcome, Hallie. Thank you. What an introduction. Um, so today I'm going to be singing the song Unsteady by the Ex-Ambassadors. I promise you'll know it. I think that it ties in perfectly to the theme that we're discussing today. And I really hope you enjoy. 
I love you. Thank you so much for being here, Hal. That was beautiful. All right, next up, we're getting up close and personal as I get to introduce you to our daughter, Beverly, who we lovingly call Bevy. When Bevy was 19, she lost her brother, Jakey. Jakey passed away. And when she was just 20, a year later, she experienced the loss of our pet, Coops. So it brings this whole Connects episode full circle. Bev knows grief, unfortunately. I wish, I wish she didn't, <laughs> but she is here to share her perspective. Welcome, Bevy. Hi, Mom. Hi, everyone. Thank you for that introduction. Uh, I never thought at the age of 22, I'd be talking about my perspective on grief, but here we are. Um, that being said, I learned a lot from the passing of Jake and Coops. And what's the point in learning if you can't help others and share what you've learned? Um, one thing is, I think the fact that 
both what I'm about to say, what my mom said, what Faith said, and what Leslie said is all pretty similar. And I think that this coming from people who work with grief and also have gone through it really just highlights the importance of what's being talked about today and just how much I think that can really help people who are watching this. So with that, I'm just going to talk about three things that I think are really important and that helped me through the loss of both Jacob and Coops. Um, one of the first things was an analogy that a therapist taught me. She told me that grieving is like puddle jumping. There are going to be times where all you feel is loss and sadness, but you feel like you're stuck in a puddle. And as time goes on, these puddles don't go away, but they get further and further away and eventually they become shallower. And thinking of grieving as puddle jumping really helped my family and I to express how we were feeling. And it really helped us support each other because as Leslie said, grief can look so different even if, if it's the people closest to you. So now if I call my mom, my dad or my brother, which I have before, crying, saying that I'm in a puddle, they know exactly what I mean. The second thing that helped me going through the passing of both Jacob and Coops is that any emotion I was feeling was okay and was healthy. In the beginning, I would randomly break out in tears and wouldn't know what to do. But once I identified what this meant, these outbursts became less overwhelming. I learned that these outbursts, again, as Leslie said from, I think, Andrew Garfield, it's just the love that you still have for them leaving your body. And the more love you have for someone, the more pain you may feel. And that just shows you how strong your relationship is. And on the other hand, I also had trouble being okay with being happy. I didn't think it was fair to be happy when someone I loved wasn't there anymore. And the way I got around this was understanding that just because they aren't here physically doesn't mean the relationship doesn't exist. It was up to me to keep them alive by thinking about them when important things happened in my life and by sharing stories about them and just explaining to the relationship with new people I meet. And the last thing I learned was specific to when my dog Coops died. As my mom said, it was one year after Jacob passed and I was watching the Zoom funeral that Faith had, Faith had held at my home in Toronto from my room in Halifax. All of the emotions that I felt when Jake passed were back and the puddles were deep. But when Coops died, the puddles got shallower and further away a lot faster and I knew exactly what to expect. The emotions you feel when a dog and a family member die are the same, but with a dog, it takes more time to find that new normal. I have a theory that it might be because one human year is equivalent to seven dog years. And that being said, of course, I miss Jacob and Coops a day, a lot, and not a day goes by where I don't think about them and I talk about them with the people around me. And although I still get trapped in some puddles, I know it's just love and a bit of an uglier costume. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Mom. Oh, I love you. Thank you, Bevy. That was so beautiful. Not too proud here. <laughs> All right, Lindsay, it's time for Kindness Corner. Um, welcome, Lindsay. Hi, everyone. I'm moving away from the video games. Um, everyone spoke so beautifully tonight. And I know that Leslie said how 
if you're looking for a way to channel feelings with grief, often it is giving back. And at one to give we're here to provide small ways that you can make a difference. Right now, um, the biggest thing in Toronto is that hundreds of people from Ukraine are coming over each week. And we can all think about what it would be like to start over with nothing. Um, it's amazing to see the grassroots groups that are sprouting out of people who really want to help. People donating furniture, clothing, helping find jobs, helping find rental opportunities. Something I'm doing right now is helping connect families with bikes and scooters. Um, and at the same time, if anyone approaches me and has, you know, something big like we just tried to connect and hopefully it's happening next week. One special girl who just got here with a piano. The story I've made in my head is that she's going to write a symphony about her journey and her story. So if you have any items like this, a musical instrument, bedding, reach out to us at one to give to. Um, there are all ways that we can try and help people start fresh and welcome them into our city. And as always, kindness is contagious. Thank you, Lindsay. That is so wonderful. And we will definitely reach out to you. Thank you for all you do always. And thank you everyone for being here today. Faith, Leslie, Hallie, Bevy, Lindsay, all of you for watching. We just so appreciate it. Please share this episode with anyone who you think might benefit from this episode. As we jump from puddle to puddle, let's remember to be kind to one another, to embrace one another, and learn from one another. And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. Open your heart today.